Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. We did, but honestly, I was left with more questions than answers, Tony. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. And I'm Michael Costa, comedian from The Daily Show. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1. Our F1 102, if you will. And get all of the answers. All of them? Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali in 1988, and surprisingly, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story, and also stories of others touched by the champ. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the, the after parties? We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games With Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Let's do it, man. Hour number two of in-game live here on the Sports Grid. I'm Kevin Walsh, and I am joined by Scott Wetzel here on a Friday. We are with you guys up until 10 o'clock tonight uh, at 10 o'clock. If you're sticking with us here on the Sports Grid, the Pat McAfee Show will be next. If you want to keep up with the live action, go over to Sports Grid Radio, uh, and you hang out with Scott Farrell on Coast to Coast. Of course, that Sports Grid Radio lineup uh, is where you can always watch Bagels and Bad Beats. Scott Wetzel uh, doing a nice job in the mornings. Uh, five to seven. Scott, speaking of nice job, the Red Sox continue to put runs uh, across the plate. Eight nothing now uh, in this game. They've battered around. Uh, no problem. That is a game that we're watching. Um, there's a couple of other score updates that we will give, but I do want to also kind of give the people any, you know, game previews. If there's anything that you're watching, I know you're always full of systems. Uh, Diamondbacks Padres is where I will start. Um, pretty fun game here. Anything interest you in this one pregame? You know, the, the Padres are the Cleveland Browns, Kev, of, of uh, Major League Baseball, in that they never won a World Series. Um, you know, they've been around baseball a long time, not, not you know, back in the 19-teens, but they've been around a long time. And, and much like the Browns in the NFL who have never won a Super Bowl, uh, the Padres have, have never won a World Series. And, and I don't particularly think it's going to happen this year. But pretty good pitching matchup. Chris Paddock, you know, pretty good job last year, coming into his own a little bit. Let's see if he can do it two years in a row. Uh, interesting setup for Bumgartner, who uh, – Really had a, a so-so year, 500 last year for the Giants. He signs with Arizona, gets a monster deal. They give him a lot of money for a guy coming off a, a mediocre year. Only 30, but uh, remember he had the little uh, 
the uh, rodeo outing uh, this offseason where he went by, uh, what was his name, uh, Mason Saunders, I think it was, something like Mason, <laughs> I think it was Mason Saunders, remember that? He was riding rodeo, so you got to wonder where his brain is at. Um, so pretty good, and, and you know, you, you pointed it out before the break. You know, one of these two teams, unless something crazy happens, is going to get into the postseason, if not both for that matter, because every second-place team is locked in. Uh, which I don't think is right, but that's how the NHL does it as well. So I do like, uh, you know, Arizona in this one. I'm going to go with Bumgartner. He's one of my guys, Cinderella guys, for the Cy Young Award. 50-1 to on Bumgartner winning the National League Cy Young. Yeah, I mean, listen, I know he's not the Bumgartner of old. I get all that stuff, but, you know, he's got a big contract to prove. Maybe it feels like he got slighted by the Giants, you know. Uh, Diamondbacks, a halfway decent team. Uh, I'll, I'll take 50 to 1, absolutely. So uh, I'll, I'm going to ride with Bumgartner uh, pretty much the entire year. So I'll take him tonight on the road in San Diego. You know what I think is, is interesting with that, Scott, is when it comes to awards, I typically would be able to say this to you, that he's got a great shot to make the postseason. Bounce back narrative, people love that. Better team, certainly, than last year. Could get some more wins. And all of that is the type of stuff that you would take into account when it comes to awards pretty much across the board, right? But because of what the precedent that was set with Jacob deGrom, and now we disagree on the precedent. I think Jacob deGrom was the rightful Stein Young, and I know you disagree. But does that make it a bit hard? Now, 50 to 1 at the end of the day, you've taken a long shot. Who cares? But I think you get the overall sentiment that, that I'm trying to get at here in that is it hard to go for the long shots because the narrative doesn't seem like it can actually kind of help them get pushed over the line, even if the race is tight. Yeah, uh, a little bit. I, and I'll give you another good example. Garrett Cole, most uh, strikeouts. Um, and Garrett Cole was only plus 230. And there's 50 zillion pitchers. It could be anybody, right? I mean, but you always look for that guy because plus 230 isn't giving you any value. But when, when you looked at the numbers, as I did, he was a strikeout a game better than anybody. I mean, a full strikeout, which doesn't seem like that much, but believe you me, it is. When guys are averaging, you know, 8.4, 8.3, 8.25, 8. 8.6, you know, and then he's up to like 10. It was just like, wow. I mean, you can get all the value you want, but if this guy's going to win, he's going to win. And, and same thing with Bumgarner. You know, uh, you know, unless Arizona does something crazy, crazy and wins that division, chances are there's going to be somebody on L.A. that's going to be better than he will be uh, because otherwise Arizona would have won the division. So you almost have to, like, think Arizona's going to win the division, right? Uh, or there's going to be someone on Washington, theoretically, whether it's Scherzer or Stroudsburg. It is it is kind of tough when you're not on a first-place absolute team to win mm-hmm. that Cy Young. Now it happened with DeGrom. Um, yeah. but, and one thing Baumgartner does bring – then maybe Flattery last year did not. And I thought he, you know, or there was uh, uh, one of the, the Flattery from two years ago, I think should have gotten it. Uh, or one of the, uh, Michaelis should have gotten it from St. Louis in my eyes two years ago. Um, mm. He brings to the table a name, you know, whereas yeah. Michaelis did not last year. It was just like, well, I, I don't care if you're a 20 and three, 19 and three, whatever he was. Uh, yeah, you're Miles Michaelis. Who cares? You know, but Madison Bumgarner <laughs> goes. You know what I mean? They didn't get the kid. No, I know. Credit. No, you're right. How you're much right. better could he have pitched? You know, he was like literally, he was like 18 and three, whatever he was, 19 and three, and he finished like yeah. eighth in the Cy Young Award. How's that possible for the Cardinals? But Bumgarner brings a little bit of credibility. So if he goes 15, well, he's not going 15 and five, but if he goes, you know, nine and three, and you know, maybe that's enough with his pedigree to push him over the top, which is why that 50 to one. Yeah. You know, one thing about those things, Kevin, is you can't really hedge them though. That that's you know. That's, nope. that's the only thing. The you know, only way you that. can 
is when it becomes a two-horse race. And then you still are at the mercy of the book to provide you updated live Cy Young and MVP awards, which they don't always do. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. Astros Mariners, to me, classic layer run in a half spot, but even that's pretty high at minus 154. Anything for you in this one? Well, I, I tell you, it, it's hard to put American money on Seattle. Uh, Seattle was <laughs> 1 and 18 versus Houston last year, including 0 and 10 in Houston. Now, again, no fans, so I don't know how much that played a role in it. But if you're telling me you think Seattle is somehow or another going to win, even though they went 1 and 18 last year, winless, maybe they're going to use this offseason as a rallying cry. Maybe that was that they, they, they said, I can't wait to get back at the Houston and give us our shot. Maybe they've been hearing this 1 and 18 for the last, uh, you know, two weeks since the schedule came out or a week anyway. Uh, maybe, but, and I will tell you, there was twice last year, Kev. That Houston was a minus three plus favorite, and they lost. I know one time was against Baltimore, and there was one other time I don't remember who it was, but I I do remember at least twice they were monster favorites with Verlander on the hill both times, and he found a way. They found a way to lose. So I'm not laying three to one on anybody in any baseball game. I'll take the uh, the, the minus one and a half though on the Astros, as I'm not putting American money on any team that went one and eighteen against the team they're facing. Can't do that either. Right. And the thing is, laying one and a half minus one sixty almost is still a lot to be laying there. Um, yeah. So it might be a game where maybe you even get involved with a total. Maybe you go alternate run line, lay two and a half, lay three and a half, get crazy with it, um, get creative. Let's go back to the live lines here, Scott. Uh, the Red Sox are covering the seven and a half before the inning is even over. They are winning 10 nothing. The new number is 11 and a half. The total is up to 15 and a half. Uh, it is 10 nothing. Uh, Red Sox, this game is obviously out of hand. And they're still batting in the bottom of yep. the fourth. And they oh, have yeah. two runners on. It's second and third. I'm second and third. <laughs> Absolutely. 15, yes. I mean, we told you, right? We said top on the 13. It may be 13 after by this inning, for goodness sakes. Yes. Wow. Yes. I'm Absolutely. surprised that I'm surprised, Kevin. Maybe they couldn't because of FanDuel and, and the other books that just wouldn't allow it. But, you know, this necessity to get these games over with, you know, they changed the rule on suspended games. Like last night they were bringing up, good point, that if it was 3-3 three, three in the fourth inning, the normally they would just wipe those three, four innings off the board. They would start fresh, but not this year. They want to just pick it up from the point it was because they need to get these games done. Um, I, I wonder if a discussion of a 10-run rule came into play at all, you know, kind of like softball. Hey, listen, if you're down 10 mm-hmm. runs after the seventh inning or by, after the sixth inning, it, let's just wave the white flag. Um, yeah. I don't know if that ever was discussed, but it, it may come into play here as the Red Sox lead a 10 to nothing still in the fourth inning. Or maybe they've gone to the fifth inning. I, um, uh, I think FanDuel Fan since fifth. I got to okay. say, yeah, they just, wow. they just closed. Now, you don't ever want to get ahead of yourselves, all right, guys? But first time me and Scott are doing in-game live here in a while, okay? Maybe a little rusty. Evidently, not even a little bit. White Sox twins, 5-5. Wow, how about that? And it it was even money on the twins. It changed very quickly, but it's now minus 122. The line is bouncing all over the place. Yohan Moncada hits a three-run shot. We said this. They were getting to Barrios. First of all, the game got went over. Two winnings in. Yeah, look, Still in the second the inning, by the way. Look at it. It's down. 17. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What is going on? Did you White Sox Twinkie 17? 
Wow. At this. And this is the thing, guys. If you took that three and a half, you can keep it, okay? But you don't have to be greedy. It's minus 122 on the Twins to win that baseball game. You got a lot of breathing room there. You have a lot of breathing room, again, depending on how you played your unit size. Like, and maybe let the Twins get up, and if they don't score in that inning and the White Sox get back at, at bat, because that inning now did come to a close, it'll go back down a little bit. You can play it out, but that's exactly what you look to do here on in-game Live. You look for those opportunities, and that's a perfect example. Yep, and that, that's it. And, and now, could you play it under 17? I mean, I, I wouldn't at 5-5, five, five, right? But, no. you know, you got to figure these starters are going to, sooner or later, these managers are going to realize these starters don't have it. And that's um, the problem. It's just going to be a bullpen game. And it was supposed yeah. to be anything but. So that's why I can't really come around to an under. I mean, I'm not saying play over 17, but the fact that, you know, you're going to be lucky to get, you'd be lucky to get four innings out of either one of these guys, basically, at this rate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, you only need seven runs and you got seven innings. You know, you're guaranteed at least one because it's a tie game. Yeah. Uh, maybe you would have to go over 17. Are you even guaranteed a run? Is, do we well, end in five, tie? Five, you have to. No, but like, what's the new rules? I know, I like, with the whole guy play. on second base, they're going to finish. We're, we're not getting ties, right? Um, no. I don't yeah, think no, no, so. no, 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 no tie. No tie. I don't think Start we're getting second base. Well, I'll tell you. Last night, they had my head in a pretzel because Matt Vaskersian's head was in a pretzel, and he was basically telling us that there was no such thing as games going official with rain. They'll pick it up on Saturday, and that's what I was telling right. people here on in-game Live, and I'm like, guys, don't worry about it. Like, this game will be back. This over is still going to come in, and then they called the game, and I was like, what happened here, Matt? And he was like, I, I don't know what's going on. Um, so... You know, and that's part of the thing with baseball, figuring as we've been talking about everything out last minute. I don't know. He even got, he even, by the way, he has, he had Manfred on, and, and I don't know, it was like dumb and dumber there with, with Aroid asking him a fluff question, and, and he thought, uh, Vescurgeon offered up a question like something like, uh, did the number one seed get buys or something like I think it was about a buy. Uh, and yeah. Manfred's like, no, 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 there are no buys. Well, you know, there's 18s. There's, there's no buys. Uh, so he wasn't even up to date on that. I, I think what he was referring is what I just alluded to, Kev, that if it was a tie game in the fourth inning, rains come, uh, it's going to be picked up in the fourth inning the next day. Whereas previously, yeah. they would just wipe out those four innings, which never made any sense to me. Why, why would you wipe out the four innings? Absolutely. But uh, they're yeah. going to pick it up for the fifth inning uh, for this point on. All right, let's hit a break. We come back. There's an eight to one number. That's pretty interesting. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because, as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? 
You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You find it. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like, he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons. Lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. Are you calling Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big pop. They ran socks in 2004, bounced back after the 3-0. We never win a chicken dinner, homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back on into in-game live right here on the sports grid. I'm Kevin Walsh. I am joined by Scott Wetzel. Uh, if you guys have any plays on the board, let us know. Hit us up over uh, at the sports grid on Twitter. Scott is over at opposite picks and I am uh, over at the Kevin Walsh. Let us know what you're on tonight. Let us know how the night's been treating you. And especially if you're anybody out there uh, that jumped on the White Sox getting three and a half runs. And uh, if you're, if you're in for that ride, uh, the twins are now minus one Oh four on the money line. The hedge opportunity that, you know, we were saying could be there. It came in an inning, and that's always a nice thing uh, to see. Let's keep looking through the board, though, and a big update here, Scott. 5-1 Marlin lead the Phillies. Um, I'm trying to see if he had left. You know, Did Aaron Nola stay in there too long, or was this a case of uh, the bullpen got called on? Nah, nah, Nola, four runs to his name. Uh, maybe stayed in a bit too long. 5-1 now. The Phillies in danger of losing their first game against the Marlins. And considering how last year played out for them, man, and they are now 
uh, 11 to 1 to come back on the money line. That is awful. That's actually not, you know, you get the uh, the Marlins bullpen into play, you know, Philadelphia yeah. at home. You know, Joe Girardi never say die. First game, Philly skipper. You know, they're going to con- you know continue to try. 11 to 1. They have three innings to bat, the 7th, 8th, and ninth. So, you know, a lot of these cases, Kev, as you know, it's not necessarily, all right, they got to score, you know, four runs, five runs, and win the game. No, maybe not. But you yeah. score two runs, and now you put yourself in a middle situation, and all of a sudden that plus 11-20 on Philadelphia, and the Marlins drop to, to minus 5 to 1. And, and you get a, an opportunity where you're basically getting a free bet. Or, or if it drops so low, you can almost you know put more on Miami to win and still cover yourself with the plus 11-20. You know, and it was interesting with that, uh, the White Sox game. You and I both said it. You know, the White Sox were getting three and a half runs, but at pick them. They weren't getting odds. So you can middle it now, but if you're going to middle it, you need Minnesota to win because it, it's basically yeah. pick them. So it's not like... Uh, Minnesota is plus 150, and we had the White Sox getting plus 150. You know, we had mm-hmm. both teams. You know, you need Minnesota to win that bet in order to break even or put more on them. You know what I mean? I mean, you either, you know, if you put $100, yeah, absolutely. $100 on Minnesota to win now, well, you got $100 on the White Sox plus three and a half runs. Well, you're breaking even, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's, you need odds to really kind of uh, middle it, unless Minnesota wins the game by three runs or less. That's, I suppose, your middle. And certainly there's a chance that that happens. Like, the Twins have now moved to plus 104. White Sox probably have a base runner on. Um, so that's the thing is, and also, right, like, it's a tie game. You've got three and a half runs. You don't have to hedge off, right? It's just the oh, fact that the opportunity game. is there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right? mean, there's a, there's a lot of baseball to be played before you have any big decisions to make. Let me throw this out to you with this Marlins-Phillies game. Over seven and a half with six runs on the board. Could that be interesting here? I'm trying to see how far along in the bottom of the seventh they are. There's a a runner on first with one out. Uh, You know, Gene Segura's up. At the top of the lineup, we'll see. You know, this is the thing with this game right now. Hitters one, two, three, four. The first four hitters. No hits, only one guy got on base, which was a walk by Reese Hoskins. That group will get up again. Like, it's over seven and a half, where now I don't need the Phillies to come all the way back. Maybe the Marlins tack another one on. The, the live over is not bad to me. Yeah, that is. You know, by because also, you know, the infield's not going to be in. Phillies get a runner on second base, little grounder. Yep. Miami's going to make sure the one out. It's almost like they'll sacrifice at least one run. So you really need only one more. That That's not too bad. And I, I kind of like uh, Texas and Colorado over five. Uh, they're only in the fourth inning. There is no score. Um, you know, and it's Lance Lynn and uh, Marquez. Yeah, you know, the, the two nice pitches, but nothing crazy, crazy. Again, you know, if you can get into the bullpens of these games and these teams, you know, five runs doesn't seem that too. You know, you got the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth. You got six innings still. That's uh, that's not that many runs in my book. Only one hit in that game so far combined. Really, only one wow. hit. Um, again, no, no, you no know, watch. Seven innings have been pitched, but. You know, that's just uh, – and in fact, actually, the first batter of the game got a hit. Doll, there's been no hit since. The first batter of the game. Wow. Interesting. So really? that'll be something – and that, the thing with something like that is, right, one guy gets in scoring position, first run comes across, this game might open up a bit more. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know where that was pregame. Was it eight and a half, maybe, Scott? Five yeah. feels very low. Five feels yeah. very low, even live. So I, I agree with you. I know it's I know it's early with the with the no hitter, but uh, FanDuel had a prop. Uh, will there be a no hitter this year? Minus two forty, yeah. no. Plus one eighty, yes. So let me. I was trying to find figure this out. I don't know when you first started looking at that prop, but for a while, I, I jumped on Game Time Decisions one day with Gabe and Cam, and they were interested in it, and they liked the bet. They were like, "Listen, we can get a combined no hitter." And then right before opening day, I was talking about it on the early line with Dane. They had in the fine print, combined no-hitters don't count. Doesn't count, right. And I don't know if that was there the whole time, and it was missed when the you know myself, Gabe, and Cam were talking about it, but I don't think so. I feel like we would have read it while we were talking about it. The thing that jumped out to me is the odds were completely unchanged, so clearly that's what they meant. They then applied the fine print, but that's probably another spot where you know someone maybe got on the phone, hello? Listen, that was not there when I made this bet. That's a big difference. Excuse me. I, I need my ticket back or, or something. Well, and that's one of those loophole technicalities, uh, you know, because they changed that in Major League Baseball a couple of years ago, whereas now it, it's not officially a no-hitter, even though there were no hits in the game. I mean, the pitchers don't get credit for throwing yeah. a no-hitter. So maybe someone pointed that out to FanDuel, like, listen, you can have two, three, four guys, you know, and, and it not technically be a no-hitter, but I'm sure that guy who's got yes is going to come to this window and bitch and complain. So I know what oh, I yeah. saw, and I did it on uh, opening day was Thursday. I looked at the things on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. It was there. So, okay. Yeah, that I, I specifically remember reading because as soon as you said it, I said, uh, you know, that wouldn't count, but maybe back when they put the ticket in, it would have. So Yeah. That um and that's and that's one of those things I don't you know maybe um somebody can speak over to the partners over the FanDuel Sports but again maybe it was just an oversight uh, during that conversation there were so many different props did you play any of those season specials that were available uh, a couple uh, I did not yeah. play that one only because I don't think there will be and I just don't like laying those kind of odds for props uh, I agree you know, totally only agree. sixty games and and I think it's going to be a hitter's season not a pitcher's season so I, I did not play that one um I did play though for the most part unders on some of those like unders RBIs under home runs under hits uh, you know they may all end up being losers which is dumb because I think yeah, this is just me you know I said from the outset, I think there's going to be, Kevin, a bunch of runs scored. I think we're going to get a ton of runs, you know, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. But then when you start breaking down the numbers, it's like, wait a minute, you know, over under 80 hits. Jeez, there's only 60 games. Guys are going to take a couple of days off. So someone's going to play about 55, 56 maybe games. He's going to get one and a half hits a game. You know, same thing with home runs. Is he going to get a home run once every three? You know, so I said no to that, even though. I fully expect these games to all go over it and be a, a lot of high-scoring games. Let me. So it's funny, but I had the. Uh, that's why I was. I was kind of lucky that I jumped on with those guys for that preview seven because we went through all of them. Here's the thing: the hits number was seventy-three and a half on Monday, and it closed at eighty-one and a half. Wow! Wow! Seventy-three! Wow! I don't know if you can really overstate how massive of a move that is. That's not juice. They tacked on eight more hits. That's Massive. What number did you get on the RBIs? Uh, the RBIs was 50? 50, 50, 51. Okay. It was 46 and a half on that Monday. They had to tack on five more RBIs. Like, 
I don't know what happened. And I'd love to speak to whomever the people in charge of that specific market was. But it doesn't really make sense that they got hit to a point that they were tacking on a hit a day. It wasn't a gradual change. It was all of a the sudden they, they had to add all of these hits. I don't know if they went through the projections more. I don't know if the yes money was was way too much. But initially, over 73 and a half hit, over 46 and a half RBIs. They all looked great. But then as it progressed, and the numbers that you got, I think the only way to play it was under, not just because, yes, it's a big ask, but the numbers were so different, Scott, than what they were at the Open. That's amazing, because they put themselves in a huge middle, too, right? I mean, for a big a player, you know, if you're putting 1000 bucks or whatever down, and that's jumping eight. Yeah, I'll give you the numbers. Um, someone throwing a no-hitter, minus 240, plus 185. Uh, somebody hitting 20 home runs, yes, minus 185. I said no, minus the 150. Where is it? The most hits by one player, 81 and a half it was. Most RBIs, 51 and a half. And stolen bases, 18 and a half. So... Boy, you're right. They jumped way up. And even that home run, that home run prop, and this is why it's interesting. The home run prop, it was plus 115, yes, on that Monday. And then closed at minus 185. That's a big line move. But it's juice, right? It's juice. They didn't add 23 and a half, 24 and a half home runs. They had to tack on eight hits. That's crazy. Like, that's an, I don't want to say an oversight. Something happened. Somebody clicked a different number on the computer and went, oh, no. we The, the numbers look, wait, something changed drastically in that market. And that's why now, to be honest with you, like, I mean, there's a million things to be fascinated with, but I cannot wait to see the total hits leader fall at, like, 76. That's what I'm <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Meanwhile, it, meanwhile, the guy that posted the 76 early right now is cleaning the janitors, you know, because he, he's getting in trouble for what are you, a dope, you know? Yeah. Uh, how do you go with these numbers? You know, the whole freaking world is, is betting the over on this. Get, you know, go grab a broom. Uh, he may end right. up getting the last laugh, though, though. Uh, it just goes to show you um, people bet overs. You know, people bet overs. People think they're going to be run scored, I guess, you know, and that and that pushed it up. But. Did it go like, like you said, Kev, did it go, uh, you know, a, a hit, an RBI a day, or did it just like automatically and that, you know, say, yeah, all right, this is There's only way so off. much time. Yeah, yeah. That's why. And you would think if you were betting, putting those numbers out there, start high and close low. Right. Not the yeah, other you way. Everyone bets. I mean, you know, you're just getting into this game. I mean, everyone bets overs. You, 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 you put them <laughs> higher than what they're really supposed to be, not lower. Yeah. Yeah. Very, um, very interesting. How about uh, we got a run in the Astros game, Scott? Not from the Astros. Uh, the live line now, the minus wow. 250 for the Astros. Uh, we're only into the bottom of the second. But more importantly, you could lay a run and a half now at minus 102. That's not bad. But Verlander That's got taken deep. There, there are things to be worried about with this. Team. Verlander, very old. Granky, very old. We will continue this conversation on the other side. The Astros are an interesting team to watch. We'll talk about it on the other side of In Game Live. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because as it turns out... F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. <sighs> are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast, you find it. I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. Are you calling Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, you... he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big top. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0. We never win a chicken dinner, homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton, and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, let's do it, guys. In-game live right here on the Sports Grid. It's Kevin Walsh, and it is Scott Wetzel with you guys for another half hour. Again, want to let you know the programming updates here on a Friday. If you're sticking with us here on the Sports Grid, uh, you will catch the Pat McAfee Show, uh, one of the most electric shows, and, of course, all of sports. That'll be next starting at 10 o'clock right here on the grid. If you want to keep up with the live action, though, you go over to Sports Grid Radio, where there's a lot of great content, uh, and that, that uh, set starts with Coast to Coast with Scott Farrell. Always a good time. 
uh, on Coast to Coast. Hung out with Scott on that show many of times. Uh, and that's where you can keep up to date with all the live action. Of course, some West Coast games uh, that will be uh, underway. And a couple of those West Coast games uh, left just to uh, 940 Giants-Dodgers will play their second game. A minus 320 favorite for the L.A. Dodgers. That is certainly, uh, that, that's even more than they were in that opening uh, matchup there. Minus 174 to lay a run and a half. I, I'd be a little weary of that. It's just so much to lay. They already got a run up on this team. Maybe playing over. Maybe the Giants offense can do a little bit more. I would never bet against this Dodgers offense. Uh, that's minus 104 at the FanDuel Sportsbook. And then the nightcap, Angels, A's, really excited for this game. A's are a team to watch, no doubt about it. Frankie Montas uh, on the mound, the total in that one, eight and a half. Uh, a lot of good stuff to check out for those two night games. When we left you guys, we were talking uh, about the Astros and the Mariners. And the numbers, you know, again, it's hard to lay three bills on a team, guys. Minus 300, that's a lot to ask for. It really is. And when you lay something like that, it's a stressful experience. Now, maybe not. Maybe not for you high rollers, experienced betters. But I can only speak from personal experience. It's a lot. When you lay minus 300, and in the second inning, Verlander gives up a home run, you just, oh, no, you got to be kidding me. Come on, man. Like, this can't be. Because you have, to, you have to lay a lot to win a lot. That's the nature of those kind of bets. And now it's down to minus 210. I mean, you've almost chopped a full dollar off of the bet that you would have needed to make. And then even if you were laying a run and a half, that's now plus money at the FanDuel Sportsbook. It's actually plus 116. So definitely keep an eye on that. Even the total sits at eight, uh, and that could be intriguing as well. You expect the Astros to score. And it, look, it was one hit that got taken deep. You know, and Verlander always talks about the balls being juiced and how much that annoys him. And, you know, that might just be the scenario there, left one hanging. But if they can get to Verlander, then I would expect runs in this matchup. A couple of eight, uh, updates for you guys, though across the board and the big one right now is the blue jays game uh, up against the tampa bay rays one of the first lines that scott and i took a look at uh was the live 11 to 1 live bet that you could have made on the Rays to come back and win this game yes somewhat made in mind with the opportunity to hedge not necessarily for them to win but them winning this game right now certainly looks like it could be in play it is 6-4 they've already tacked a run on here in this eighth inning, and they've got two on first and second with nobody out. The numbers are locked right now. There we go. They just popped back up. One out now made in the inning, plus 270 for the race. And here's the thing I know it's, you know, it depends on who you are. Do you make a bet to hedge? It all depends, right? But baseball is a sport. You can do that. The numbers will move so much, guys. And it's now minus 320 for the Blue Jays to win this game. It was. Plus 11.20 for the Rays to win this game when we had initially looked at it. A lot of wiggle room. It's a lot of wiggle room for you guys to lock yourselves in a considerable profit margin, depending on how you're playing. And one of the things that, that you know, Gabe Morenci, obviously, here of the Sports Grid Network, always says, if you're, if you're playing that way, you have to be playing with bigger units to make it worth it. $10 bets, don't hedge off, right? Hope the Rays come back and win this game and win 100, you know, 100 plus bucks, right? If, um, you know, but if you're playing for bigger unit size, you certainly can come back around and uh, hedge off of this now with a Blue Jays, even minus 350 money line as this one continues. The other uh, game that we pointed you to uh, was this Phillies-Marlins game here. And if there could maybe be some more scoring, 
We got a run in the bottom of that seventh. It's now 5-2. The live number was 7.5. It's now 8.5. Scott, maybe one more run comes in that game, uh, and we see that one get over the live number of 7.5. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. You know, that's what we do here. Try and make people some money. So a couple of checks. I, I don't know how they, they got the run, but, uh, you know, you got to think now. Let's, let's squeeze in one more again. Get a run around second base. 5-2 lead. No big deal. Make sure you get the one out. Let them go ahead and score. You know, run around third, one out. Ground to the third baseman. Just throw it over to first. You know, just a cheapy little run. That's all we need. Just a cheapy little run. I don't even I've given up on the Phillies winning the game just to, you know, score one more. And, oh, by the way, Miami can score as well. You know, so it's not like they can't put a run across the board. So uh, yeah. that was pretty good. Now, you, you pointed that out. That was a good play on, on your part. Yeah. How about this, Scott? Now, I didn't – I'm blown away. And this is – so the Cubs game finally got posted. Um, it's locked. It was like minus 4,500. I don't know when it got posted, so we haven't been talking about it. Now, there was no bet in this, and I was almost surprised, right? But, I, what you know, will there be a complete game? I don't know what they would have done with Garrett Cole on opening day. Kyle Hendricks is two out away from throwing a complete game. Shutout in his first game. Like, I don't know if you're seeing this one on ESPN, but he is two outs away from a complete game shutout, game one of the season. Who could have seen this coming? I didn't think these guys were going to be going more than six innings. And now, the, look, the pitch count's low. He's he's not he just got to pitch 100. And I understand, you know, guys love getting those complete game shutouts. They're rare, man. They're especially you know 2020, right? But game one, I did not see this on the cards uh, here. And the Cubs are up 3 nothing, And you know what, too? They're, you got to give him credit. Like, he's facing Yelich right now, right? To where, you know, this is now what, his fourth time, you know, seeing Christian Yelich. That's risky. This is a, what a wild game this is. Scott, he's given up three hits. Literally all to the same batter. Orlando Garcia, the nine hitter, has all three hits. He's three for three. Wow. The rest of the team does not have a hit. Remember, this what a is uh, this game. This is uh, David Ross's uh, managerial debut. Now he's been with the yeah. Cubs and everything, so it's not like they don't know. Him, don't get me wrong, but as a former catcher, maybe this is his way, Kevin, of trying to get the pitching staff. You know, you know, say, hey, listen, I got your backs. If you're going to be in there, if you're going to be pitching well, no matter what our bullpen is or no matter what the lead is, you know, I'm going to keep you in the game. Kind of his way of just saying, you know, I'm, I'm with you guys. Perhaps um, I might be reading into it a little bit too much, but. Uh, you know, okay. managerial debut, you want to get the guys on your back, especially the pitching staff that you probably know anyway. But, um, you know, it's it's kind of refreshing to see, to tell you the truth, even in game one of this goofy 60-game season, that a starting pitcher is doing well and they're not going to take him out because, uh, you know, the, the rules say you got to bring the closer in in the ninth inning. But that's funny. That guy's got all three hits. That's funny. Yeah, it's very – like, he's actually – there's no walks in this game. He's throwing a perfect game outside of the nine-hitter. Now, what a what a what a interesting start that is. And to your point, I just watched the mound visit. Ross came out. I was like, oh, why is he really going to hook him? And he just said to him, he goes, what do you think? You got one more? And you could, you could see the mouth in the, the Kyle Hendricks. was like, yeah, I got one more in me. I think that's good. And he's giving him a shot here to get, to, to get through this. And I tell you what, I didn't expect this to be the case. I like the Cubs team in the Central, Scott, because of David Ross coming in for Joe Madden. It's nothing against Joe Madden, but you read some of the quotes. Apparently, I don't lost, you know, lost grip of the rope. Didn't have the same control over this team. They said David Ross, even during his playing days there, was a bit more of a disciplinarian in the locker room. I like the Cubs because of the managerial change, and this is the type of stuff that would inspire some confidence. 
Yeah, I, I think just keeping them in there and just allowing the guys to know that, you know, you're not going to get the hook and Madden's a baseball guy and been to baseball forever. Not that Ross hasn't, but, you know, Ross played and he played recently. It's World Series, winner with the Red Sox and the Cubs. So, yeah, yeah I listen, maybe, maybe that's a shine in the arm. No matter who it is, no matter how friendly he could be, no matter how mean he could be, sometimes, Kevin, yeah. the message just gets old. Just, you know, nothing wrong with him. Just, yeah. just gets old, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, been there, done that, heard that argument already, heard that pep speech already, you know, the whole kit and caboodle, and, and maybe Ross yeah. coming in, uh, who's always been a favorite. Even in Boston, he was a favorite as well. I don't know what it is about catchers that make people love them so much, but um, yeah, nice job so far if they get out of the inning. Like, Kyle Hendricks is very recently was throwing to David Ross. Very yeah. recently. And he gets the complete game shutout. What a... Wow, that really caught me by surprise. Uh, let's keep looking through the board here. How about bases loaded? Two outs. Rays Blue Jays. The opportunity for this team to take the lead. Ooh. What a big spot that would be, man. Um, certainly going to keep tabs there. I want to continue to look through the live lines. Let's see if there's anything jarring. Uh, in that one, the uh, Baltimore Orioles have scored. Huge. Nice. Huge. How about nice. that? 10-1, uh, which is they, no they must have heard us saying that 10-run rule. We're not, we're not losing this by 10 <laughs> runs. <laughs> you got to think now. If you laid seven and a half, a little heat on you. <laughs> You're still in the ballgame, even at eight and a half. Yeah. I know. Unbelievable, man. I joke about it, but I, you know, that Red Sox bullpen, they're not out of it. Fenway Park, I'm telling you. you I bet you <laughs> that game gets to like 10-5. I, I, I bet it does. Uh, I hope it doesn't get any worse than that. But I, I bet the Orioles put the two, three, four runs on the board and, and makes it somewhat close. I, I can sniff I, it out at it. I, you know what? This is the thing, right? There's no fans. The Red Sox now know the game is over. It's just like, ah, uh, whatever. Right? Like, and I could see how that might be the case. Now, I'm not saying guys are going to purposely throw meatballs, but it's such—it's a sport that's about focus so much. Does a guy maybe leave one hanging because he just wants to go home? Because the game's been over for you know since the fourth? Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Live like line basketball. is uh, 14 and a half over. Over under 14 and a half. It's it's like basketball, Kev. You know. You- you don't need energy to play offense. Everybody wants to score. No matter what the score is, no matter what the circumstance, everybody will will try and score. It's, you know, who mm-hmm. has the energy to go back and play defense? And, and same thing here. I, you know, you get up there, you get the bat, you want to hit a home run no matter what the circumstances sure. are. Absolutely. It's a pitcher that's like, yeah, you know what, let's, let's, let's get out of here. Even though his pride is on the line, I get that. But still, you don't have that intensity. You hear that all the time when a closer comes in in a five-run game. Well, you know, it wasn't the same. I couldn't adapt, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, maybe that plays a little role in it. They're off just a little bit, and then the bats continue to, to, you know, be the bats. Yeah, good point. Uh, Blue Jays get out of it. And here's this, mm-hmm. you know, again, Scott, it's been a while since we've been looking at live baseball lines, but it shows the emphasis put on having only one more half inning to do some work. Uh, they're now minus 2,200 on the money line, the Blue Jays, uh, plus 980 if you wanted to see if the Rays could make it happen in that last inning. And I wouldn't recommend that. I think that opportunity um, has come and gone. But minus twenty two hundred, you know, it's, they, they've been giving up a couple of runs here. That's a. I tell you what, I'd much rather I'd much rather get plus nine eighty than have to lay it down on a minus two twenty number. Uh, I'll tell you that undeniably. Uh, but we're coming up against the break here. Before we let you go, we will continue to peel through uh, these live lines, and of course, 
Uh, one more game that's not gone underway uh, in the Angels and the Athletics. And I'll see if maybe Scott's got anything for the weekend to leave you guys with as well. We close up in-game live on a Friday next here on the Sports Grid. Keep it locked. It's Walsh Report. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team. A driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two, because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcast. You find it. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Dow of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like, he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons. Lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Dow of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflategate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. You call Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big copy. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0 in a winner chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
All right, guys, final segment here of in-game live once again want to let you know the programming notes up next on the sports grid will be the pat mcafee show if you want to keep up to date with the live action head over to sports grid radio and follow along on coast to coast with scott farrell i am kevin walsh i am with scott wetzel got a couple of updates here um on the board the indians lead to nothing over the royals uh that one is in the top of the eighth inning shane bieber in six innings through 14 strikeouts he was one of the guys that i saw some buzz around for uh A.L. Cy Young, that'll, uh, that'll, that'll get you in the conversation. Yeah, that will. I tell you what, you know, I, I gave out one of those prop hits I didn't mention before when we were talking about it, Kevin. The one I absolutely, you know, just give me one uh, life on the line, got to pay the mortgage, you got to buy an engagement ring, got to, you know, whatever the case may be, just right. absolute one lock over 105 and a half strikeouts. And I figured Aces will get at least 12 starts, you know, 60 games every five days, 12 starts, and maybe even another one thrown in there somewhere along the line. Uh, that's about eight strikeouts a start. The, you know, that was just easy to me. There were, I counted over 20 pitchers that averaged what they would have need to average in order to get to 106 strikeouts. So uh, Bieber getting his 14 and still going and, uh, you know, uh, uh, Garrett Cole looks like he's on fire, and Scherzer had a, a, at least ten last night with ten or eleven in the, in the loss. I mean, that was an easy one. Now it's not over, obviously, but um, sure. you know, to your point, Bieber, absolutely, I love strikeouts over one hundred five and a half. Boy, that, that's good. So you get some good pitching matchups. You know, some of these pitchers, not all, but um, you know, you're getting a little better performances from the pitchers than I than I thought we would get this early in the yeah. season. Yeah, no, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, anything for you, late game A's Angels. Frankie Montas against Andrew Heaney, AL West matchup. Yeah, I'm gonna, you know, listen. Anytime I can bet on a Reuter, I'm gonna go with. So uh, give me, give me Oakland and, and Montas. Uh, he was bopped 80 games <laughs> last year for Royd. So yeah, listen, if you think all of a sudden morals have kicked in, and all of a sudden, you know, one year he does Royds and the next year he doesn't, well, you know, God bless you. But uh, until he proves me otherwise, he was, you know, he's actually a very good pitcher last year. I, I don't think he necessarily needed the Royds. Maybe he did. I don't know. But uh, I'll go with Oakland. Um, you know what? Uh, I'm not in love with this Angel team. I, I think they're a bad team. I, I think Trout's overrated. You know that. I, I, I can't put American money on L.A., so um, give me Oakland, uh, which is probably, between them and Minnesota, the two most over or under, excuse me, underrated and underappreciated teams in all the baseball. And I fell into the same lot with Oakland. I'm not in love with this team, but, uh, you know, last two years, all they've done is win. So uh, give me the A's basically, uh, you know, not pick a minus one, 150, but Haynes, he sucks. He, he's not a – he's like, uh, you know, the Baltimore, you know, Tommy Malone. If, if he's your best pitcher – I don't know why they didn't go with Otani, to tell you the truth, but he's pitching on Sunday, but if he's your best pitcher, then that uh, that LA Angels team is in a lot of trouble. I'll tell you this: the the thing that stands out to me, no Rendon, the oblique injury is going to hold him out of this game. Um, and I just wonder how much does that impact the line uh, to where maybe minus one fifty is a, a little bit of value in that game. Uh, and yeah, there's a lot of reason to like this ace team. I, I think you're uh, I think you're spot on. Uh, we'll close up with the live board, Scott, but. It's worth asking you anything on the weekend that you're going to be looking towards baseball, golf, uh, anything at all that, that maybe you want to throw out there. Ah, my my favorite sport, the WNBA is back. I can't find the lines. <laughs> right. on the schedule, though. I, I the WNBA lock. 
Yeah, well, wait, are they locking the WNBA? Well, they got something against ladies basketball? Well, come on, fan. Unless it's, it's dopey me and I just can't find it. But uh, the WNBA is back. Uh, you got the Nescu, the, the, the number one draft choice uh, taken by the New York Liberty. Uh, she's going up against the defending champs in, in Washington. I'm not sure what the line is going to be. Big Brubaha, by the way, in the WNBA is the best player. Elena Deladone doesn't want to play, but the WNBA says, well, says, no, you have to play. I'll keep it clean. Says, no, you have to play. But she she doesn't want to play uh, with a technicality. She wants to be a coronavirus. Um, I don't know how you describe it, but uh, susceptible to the coronavirus. So she doesn't want to play. Yeah, she's, she's at risk, right, uh, and wants to get paid, whereas the WNBA is saying, no, 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 honey, uh, you either play or you don't get paid. You, you pick your poison here. So a uh, little little riff there with the WNBA, but they one, do open up. I'll tell you what that one, Scott, and, you know, I had a, I had a little back and forth with uh, Dane about this one, and he felt that her status in the league is why they are trying to make her play. Maybe I'm being naive. I think the coincidences, though, that would need to have happened are a little too much for me. She has Lyme's disease. That's why she and her doctor says that I think you're at risk. The panel that was making the decisions in the WNBA was using the CDC recommendation as to what is and is not at high risk for COVID, and Lyme's disease was not on the list. Now, it's more than understandable to say that the CDC has made a mistake with that ruling. And it's more than understandable to say that the Washington Mystics should step in and tell their MVP we get it and take care of her. That's more than fair. But I, I push back on the idea that it, this all happened where they figured out what guidelines they would use and saw that the CDC's guidelines happen to not involve that disease and then they would be able to basically force Elena Deladon's hand. I just, I can't get behind that. I, you know, it's, it's a little unsettling. I hate the idea of people being there that, that don't feel comfortable being there through health reasons, Scott, but the idea that she is being forced because of her status in this league is one that I've pushed back on a little bit. Maybe I'm, I'm being a bit naive to the situation, but I, what did you think about that? Well, I mean, they're not telling her she has to play. They're just telling her you're not going to get paid if you don't. She wants right, to get paid and not play. Yeah, she she wants to be exempted. I mean, I don't believe in getting paid for something you're not doing. You know, wh- why should you get paid? I wouldn't even pay them. Uh, you know, if uh, you know, pick any disease that there's no debate on whether she's more susceptible to getting it or not, whatever the case may be. Listen, you don't play, you don't get paid. I, I'm sorry, I, I didn't put the disease on you. I, I didn't give it to you. You know, you didn't get it by you know practicing basketball uh, with the the Washington team. I mean, you got it on your own, whatever the case may be. You, you play, you get paid. You don't play, you don't get paid. It, it, it's simple as that. I, I, I think that's almost a, a separate thing, though, and I think changing up how you handle this because we're in a pandemic is more than understandable. Um, but again, it'll be interesting to see how this all does play out. You know, they're not, you know, they're bleeding money. Let's face it. I'm amazed they're still around. I mean, they have their, they got people that like them, but they're not making zillions of dollars though. Kev, that they can afford to pay quickly that in the same way where a lot of people, because I've heard this sentiment in that, ah, look, come on, these athletes aren't hurting for money. Right, but you know the WNBA right you mentioned isn't making money hand over fist, and the same is though been pretty much true for their athletes. So 
again, I just I think it's a bit of a double-edged sword. But the, my one take was I do not think this was, was you know, quote-unquote foul play, basically, here um, with how they came to this conclusion. Um, nevertheless, though, quickly, Scott, let's get out of here by mentioning uh, Max Muncy's put a home run up on the board. The Dodgers uh, are now already laying three and a half runs at minus 113 to the Giants. They are now minus 170. It's the, it's the first inning. My goodness. Wow, 750. Astros have tied up Seattle 1-1 as well, Kev. Back up to 430. Too bad you can't parlay these in-game line ones. You know, Houston minus 430 with a 1-1 game and the Dodgers minus 750. <laughs> that is amazing you know, in, in a game. Mm-hmm. And no score of San Diego in, in, in Arizona. Um, I still like uh, Baumgartner getting plus uh, 122. They're in the yeah, third you actually there. can parlay the Dodgers-Astros live as I'm can clicking you? at it here. Minus wow. 248 for those two teams, though. I mean, Ooh, for FanDuel. Yeah, because usually you cannot parlay live one. You know, I figured it was worth the click because I know FanDuel does like to give people their opportunities. Wow, that is, um, I agree. Cool for FanDuel. You, yeah. You're probably going to get another dance partner in there somewhere. Like, about, what happens uh, if I what, take the minus 10,000 in Cardinals, Yeah, or the Cardinals are minus 3,000 as well. Throw I'll just in keep there. clicking. Let's see. We got, it doesn't even. So I've got the Indians at minus 10,000, Astros at minus 500, Cardinals at minus 3,000, Dodgers at minus 800, and it's minus 239. I mean, it's still minus after all that. I've got wow. a 14 parlay at minus 239. And you're still laying oh, on. You know, how about the VIG good. on the Indians and the Royals, real quickly? You got now They just dropped it down to minus 4,500, but it was minus oh, okay. 10,000 on the Indians. And Kansas City was only plus two thousand. There was an eight thousand in between you know what, the, between the two. There's no, there's no way a guy on first with nobody out, and they're just being a guy at the plate with nobody out is the difference between minus ten thousand and minus forty five hundred. There's no way. I get the time <laughs> runs imagine, at the plate, but like, click, come on. Can you imagine if you actually did click that minus ten thousand for you know you're you're rich whatever, <laughs> and, and then you, you say two seconds later I could have had it at forty five hundred. I yeah, mean, holy no, God. that's ridiculous. What's let's see. Red Sox just Red Sox two more shots, twelve to one. Yeah, one Boston. We're inching towards there the you over. go. 13. So, Got the push pretty close to that live over, no doubt about it. Um, and the other thing is, I don't think we mentioned, but the Twins did take uh, a lead back, seven five in that game. So now that three and a half middle opportunity would be coming into play for anybody that's betting on it. Yeah. But now you got to lose the odds. So you were right before. Of course. You know? Yeah. yeah. They'll score this Rockies and Rangers, too. Yeah. That's surprising. It's down to three. You got to get at least one. Sixth inning, and it's three. Yeah, right? Mm. I like that, actually. Now I, I like at least five. One. Now it's down to three. Oh. Yeah, you have to score one. Hell, you could go, about, Kev, you could go zero zero with both teams getting a runner on second base in extra innings and tie it at one one and keep you on playing to guarantee yourself a three runner. Uh, Marquez, still with a no-hitter. Look, I'm not watching the game. I'm not at the ballpark. I'm not a Rockies fan, so I can say and I don't have to hear about this jinx nonsense. And there's still only two hits. And they both come by doll. What is going on? <laughs> What's going on in some of these games? Um, but, yes, so uh, Dahl with both hits in this game. No runs yet, but down to three. Um, some interesting, interesting stuff there. Uh, no doubt about it. Anything else, Scott, as we're getting close to wrapping it up here, as you look at the live board, um, that, that might be worth mentioning? 
Yeah, uh, you know what? I'm still, like I said, I, I like the over three. I, I will play that. Um, I don't see anything slowing down in Twinkies uh, White Sox. It's 12 now, and the over-under is 16 and a half, and you're only in the fifth inning. I, I, I love the over on that one as well. And, and you know what? I'm going to play the over tomorrow, Kevin, as well, with Keuchel and Hill on the, on the hill for both those two teams. I think that's going to be a hitter series. The ball is flying in that ballpark. Good call, Scott. Scott, a lot of fun. That'll do it for us here on the Game Live. I'm Kevin Walsh. We'll see you guys next time. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because, as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcast. You find it. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around, I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. You call Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, you... he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big top the Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after 3-0 in a winner chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton, and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. 
Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. We did, but honestly, I was left with more questions than answers, Tony. I'm Tony Cam Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. And I'm Michael Costa, comedian from The Daily Show. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1. Our F1 102, if you will. And get all of the answers. All of them? Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali in 1988, and surprisingly, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story, and also stories of others touched by the champ. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the, the after parties? We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games With Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.